Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? Go ahead and like and subscribe and share the broadcast. Make sure you hit the notification button, also the little bell, so that you know uh, when we are going live. And please go to, this is important, go to whatsright.com and connect with Right there, right under the picture on the home page is a little uh, form that you can fill out, and it actually will uh, just help you keep in touch with us. But we praise God for you. Today we're talking about how to have uh, big business blessings in Jesus' name. Uh, big business blessings. And as I'm thinking about this, this is such a large topic. <laughs> this is such a large topic, and um, I could... You know, we could actually talk about this for quite some time. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is something uh, specific. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how do we, uh, how do we think? How do we have the wisdom of God? One of the things that we've been discussing is that when we have the wisdom of God, uh, we actually will know things supernaturally that we can't know in the physical. We can't know just with our head. The Lord will give us insight. He will show us blessings, and He will show us wisdom and understanding and knowledge, and He will build the house, not only the house of, of your life, but He will, he will uh, build the house of your business. He, let me say it this way. You might not own a business, but God might want you to own a business. Or you might not own a business, but God will build the house of your finances. But there are certain things that you need to know. Uh, I want to talk today basically in terms of uh, in terms of business, but understand that this can also apply to your finances as well. In other words, uh, God can bless the business of your house, uh, the business of your family, the business of your home. Even if you don't have an actual business, he can bring you ideas. Uh, you know, to give you an example of this, just last week, uh, because of connections with the Lord, uh, the Lord uh, gave me an idea, and literally I doubled uh, money that I invested in one day from 9 o'clock that morning to 5 o'clock that, that night literally doubled the money. Um, it, it's a, you know, that's what the Lord can do. And so one thing I do want to tell you is make sure that you are commenting uh, with us. Let me know who's watching right now from where. Uh, whoever does it next, I'm just telling you, you're going to be blessed. I'm just saying. So just going to throw that out there. But uh, anyway, let's just wait for a second. Um, one of the things that I want to look at, hey, yeah, <laughs> Kevin's here. Kevin's here. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. He's right there behind the camera. Where are you watching from? Did you have a good weekend? Miss Barrett's right here in the studio. It's got to be somebody out of the studio, but uh, out of out off location. Julie Buck. Julie Buck, you just made the 100th comment. You win the gift card. And uh, so uh, if you'll go to whatsright.com slash gift, uh, you can claim that uh, gift card from us, and we praise God. I see Miss Joni, Miss Serena, Miss Rebecca, Jose and Billy Joe. Good to see you guys. Billy Joe, you can still try. I saw your comments. You can still try. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you. However, I was listening to your, uh, I was listening to the uh, Disney movies. That was difficult. That was, I would have not gotten most of those. That was actually pretty difficult. So, 
Amen. All right, so let's jump right in. One of the first things I want to talk about about having big business blessings is the first thing that you have to see is that there are two kingdoms of business. One is the world's system and one is God's system. So you have two systems of money, two systems uh, that God uh, basically will lead you into one but not lead you into the other. He'll deliver you from the other. In the world system, you're always limited. There's always a system. Uh, but in God's system, you're always unlimited. And the question is, how much then will God give you? Well, God will give you everything that you want uh, and everything that you desire. He, wa- he longs to give you the desires of your heart. He's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. So once we enter into God's system of finances and God's system of business, everything changes. And you have unlimited potential. The problem is people will step into it, but then they step out of it. So you'll notice in uh, the New Testament, and Jesus was talking about a God system versus the world system, and he ends up saying this, you can't serve two masters, right? You can't serve two masters. You'll love the one and hate the other. And then he goes on to say this, you can't serve God and mammon. And mammon represents a couple of things, two things. Number one, mammon is the world system of doing things. It's the world's money system. But also mammon represents actually a demonic entity that's backing all of the world system. You know, So sometimes you wonder, how can all this corruption be in business? How can all these things be in this way? And, um, you know, the issue is because people have a love of money, which is the root of all evil, it, they will follow the world system because the love of money is motivated by that. They'll follow that world system instead of God's system. And now all of a sudden they'll do the things to make the money instead of doing things actually uh, to build the kingdom. And so when their motivation is changed, you'll see that that many times, many times people will do things that they never thought that they would do. I just heard a story just this morning of somebody that told me something. And, uh, you know, one of the things, hey, I'd like for y'all to do something, by the way. Um, anytime that you're on YouTube, right, many people are watching on YouTube, but do this. Uh, get the link to the video and share that link across all your social media platforms. So don't just log on because in in Facebook, you know, you can share it to your page. It kind of grows in that way. But with YouTube, you've got to manually share it. Make sure that you're sharing it. That helps get the good news out. See, God doesn't want just you blessed. If all you're here is for you, and this is a part of God's system, this is why people miss things. And they, they don't have the blessings. If, if it's all about you and all I'm doing is helping you grow, then you've taken an opportunity where you could sow, hey, let me get the word into somebody else. Let me make it available. There's other people that need to hear this message besides me. Now you sow into their lives, and now you have a right to reap a harvest. So, it, you know, well, you sharing the broadcast does that? Yes. 
The Word is our food. The Word is our nutrition. By the Word of God, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God will have life to the full till it overflows. So as you share the broadcast and we're sharing the Word, then you're literally sowing life into other people. And so we've got to, in God's system, we have to be concerned not just with our own self, but we need to be concerned with the heart of God. And God's heart is people and people coming out of bondage, coming out of lack, coming out of a pit and moving to the abundance and fullness of his life. So every time you share the broadcast, it really makes a difference. And it's one of the easiest things and it's cheap and it's free and it doesn't even cost you any money. It just costs you a couple of seconds of time. And uh, it's something that every believer ought to do when they find the word is share it. The truth is, and see, this is one of the things that I think the church has missed. The, the thing is, um, hey, Chris Crabtree, good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you live. I just saw your comment. Um, one of the things that the church has missed is they don't un the church has not understood how to operate in unity. They just sit and they receive, but they are not thinking about other people. What would happen if every church in a town actually promoted each other's services? The, the church literally would flood the social media airwaves, and actually the church would be overseeing everything. But the issue is they're all trying to build their own little kingdoms, and because of that, they're always limited. But if they would get together, then they would, they would rule and run things for the kingdom of God. They would get the love of God out there quicker than ever before. But they must move in unity. It can't just be all about uh, you. As a matter of fact, for one of our, um, one of our um, uh, things that we did, the Lord directed us for years, was actually every service we would start out and say, hey, welcome to Boomerang Church. We are not the best church. We're a part of the best church. In other words, we're not just the best local church that there is. We're always working to get better and better. But we want people to understand that we are a part of God's church. And it's not just our kingdom, it's completely God's kingdom. This is, this is not our church, it's his church. It's his body. It's his family. It's his sons and daughters. You know, when people come into this church, I don't, I don't say they're my members. No, these are God's children, you see. And when we have an understanding that it's not all about our kingdom, what we're doing is we're moving into God's system of doing things. And so many times uh, people have just sat there and they just, they take, but they don't sow. And, and so, like, even in, a small, in small areas, they'll take something, but they won't share the broadcast. They'll take in the broadcast, but they don't sow into the broadcast, what it, what it costs in that way. Uh, whereas we understand it. If we go to a restaurant and we get a burger, you know, we don't just say, well, thank you so much for serving me and walk out the door. Why? Because they'll arrest you because it's wrong to sit there and, and take something and to not get back. And the Bible says the same thing about our finances. You know, it says you should support well, just Brian's paraphrase, you should support well those who actually give to you the word and spend time in the word and spend time in fellowship with God. You should give well to them. Actually, they say they're worthy of double honor. 
Double honor, all right? Now, and what double honor means is literally whatever the norm is, they should be worth at least double that. And that's, that's what the Bible says. That's, and so what am I talking about? I'm throwing up some concepts and some ideas for you to understand that God has a different way of doing things. He has a different system than we do. And when we understand God's system and we step wholeheartedly into that and we don't go back to the world's way of doing things, then you will see the blessings of God in there. But one of the things that Jesus said was, he said, you can't serve both. You can't do things in the world system and do things in God's system. One of them's going to take the lead, and one of them you're going to be a slave to. One of them you're going to you're going to give yourself, and the other one's going to get despised. Right? And he says you've got to make sure that you understand that there are two systems. God's system and the mammon system, and you must enter in. So one example of this is, one example of God's system is, like I've used this multiple times over the years, is a salesman. Say that you have a car salesman, and uh, you know there's a sales technique called the fear of loss. And basically, if you're unfamiliar with it, the fear of loss basically says this. You know, hey, you're looking at this car. Well, listen, you know, I had three other people looking at this car this morning, and uh, if you don't go ahead and make a decision, I got, I can't hold it for you. They may come back and get it. And so what that does is it instills fear into the buyer, which makes them have a fear that if I don't purchase this and make a decision now, then uh, I may lose it. And it's, um, it's a fear of loss. And so that's a very effective technique. And the reason it's a very effective technique is because it works. People are motivated by fear. They shouldn't be motivated by fear. Matter of fact, me, because I don't operate in that kingdom, if I have a salesman that starts using a fear of loss technique, I'll call them on it. I'll, like, I'll, I'll walk away and say, hey, look. Look, I'm not fearful of losing the car. They'll make plenty more, and if this one goes away, God's got another one that's better for me. So don't try to use that on me. If I want the car, if God tells me to buy the car, I'll buy the car. You know, But I'll, they start using those world techniques on me. I'll either shut them down you know, or I'll, I'll go away. I'll shut them down. I'll buy the car if I want to, but it's not going to be because you're using fear of loss on me. I don't operate in fear. You know, our, if we're going to move in God's system, you can't operate in fear. And so here's one of the things that fear of loss does, and this is why the devil uses it besides the fact that it works. One of the reasons why the fear of loss works is this, is, or why the devil uses it is this, because if he can get you in a fear of loss, then you will be under pressure to make a decision, which means you generally are not going to hear from the Lord or spend time hearing God's will for your life. You'll make a fleshly, soulish, mind, will, and emotions, a fleshly and soulish decision, but not one led by God. And the devil knows if I can get people to make decisions outside of the wisdom of God, they'll constantly uh, make the wrong decisions. I've watched people over the years uh, buy, I've, I've watched them buy things, and uh, it's interesting. I've watched soulless decisions so many times. 
And many times what I've watched people do is they'll go and buy something and they'll go in debt for it. And then, uh, you know, a year or two later, the Holy Ghost convicts them that they were in debt and get out of debt. And so they'll sell uh, the thing. And then a couple of years later, they'll want it again and they'll make a soulless decision and they'll buy it again and go back in debt. And then the Holy Spirit will convict them. And it's like this cycle that goes around. And so you can't enter into God's system and then, and then go back. You can't enter in and go back and enter in and go back and enter in. No, you need to go all in to God's system and stay there. If you want to have big business without loss. What is God's system blessings? Part of God's system blessings is, you know, the fruit won't fall from the tree before it's time. It won't fall early. The little foxes stop spoiling the vine. You know, no weapon formed against you would pro will prosper. With long life, you'll be satisfied. In other words, all of these things, uh, the canker worm won't steal, and if he did, it'll be restored. There's blessings in God's system, but you have to stay in God's system. It's kind of like a double-minded man uh, who's unstable in all of his ways. And that double-minded man, if he doesn't stay in faith, in James 1, it says, that man shouldn't think that he should receive anything from God. And so it's the same way in God's system. We can't go back and forth or else our whole foundation starts to shake. In order to acquire wealth and build wealth, you must be stable. It can't be this back and forth. We must make up our mind, I'm going to do things things God's way in his system, and I will not change. So a uh, couple of things. I've got a couple of stories to wrap up, the story that I was told this morning, but also on uh, the salesman. So say that you have a salesman that was operating in the world's ways, and so he was using a fear of loss technique. But now he gets born again. His mind gets renewed. He starts to understand, I can't operate in fear. But fear of loss has worked so well for him throughout the years before he was born again, and he, and he doesn't stop using it. So the problem is, now he's in a different kingdom. And so fear of loss is not going to work for him. And so you would say, well, then what's the point of being in God's kingdom if that's not going to work anymore? The point is because God wants to give you more. God never asked you for something. Never. If you look through this word, he never asked you for something that it's not an opportunity for increase. Please put that in the comments. God will never ask me for something where it's not an opportunity for increase. When you get this in your head and it gets to be revelation to you, everything changes. Everything will change in your life because you'll realize if God's asking me to do something, there's increase right around the corner. There's increase. If God asks me to do something, there's increase right around the corner. And so when we get this and understand it, we start to realize this is a part of God's system. This is walking in God's system. This will help me to walk in the right decisions. In other words, the right decisions will be made because I'm listening to his voice, not the pressure of the mind, will, and emotions. And so if this salesman has been using fear of loss for all these years, what he needs to do is say, but now that I'm in the kingdom of God, 
Now that I'm in God's kingdom, God will give me favor. I don't have to generate my own favor. God will give me favor. I don't have to generate my own sales. God will give me sales. I don't have to generate my own wisdom. God will give me wisdom. And when you start to understand that, then you'll, then you'll start to see that God will give you the wisdom. He'll show you the way. He'll set the things straight in your life, and you will be in the right place at the right time. And where you used to, you'd have a blessing, you know, every now and then. Now, these blessings, you'll be in the right place at the right time all the time, and blessings will just keep piling up on you. They'll just, I mean, you'll, they'll just overflow your life, but it comes by being in God's system. So now if that salesman doesn't stay in God's system, that old fear tactic from a different kingdom is not going to work. It's not going to work anymore. It's actually going to go down. You know, now God will have mercy on the person to actually, you know, help them make the transition. But they need to see, this is not how I am to live. This is not how I'm supposed to live. God has a different system for me. And so then, if that salesman actually puts faith in the system of God, then they're going to be sowing you know, financially into God's system. They're going to be harvesting also in God's system. If you go into 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, man, God wants to abundance to abound in your life. That's what he has for, for us. But we have to see that we're not in that system anymore. I've watched people who use tactics like the fear of loss. They come into the kingdom of God. They try to still use them. All of a sudden, they used to be top salesmen. Now they're not at all. They needed to not use fear, but use faith. Faith is the, one of the things that's used in God's system. Sowing is one of the things that's used in God's system. Look at this truth in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Somebody put that in the comments, please. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. For he, Jesus, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us, or in the King James says translated us, to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So one of the things that we see is God, when we're translated, or transferred is a, is a word we use uh, today that literally, like a transfer truck, a truck will go from one location to the next location. But uh, translated gives us a better idea, the King James word. We don't use that as much, and so that's why they use transferred in here. But translated actually gives us a better idea. Translated literally means you cease to be here and you reappear here. Uh, think Star, Star Trek, you know, beam me up Scotty. All of a sudden you, every, you completely dematerialize in one place and you rematerialize in another place. And uh, so literally when God translated us, it means you didn't just move there. It wasn't, no, you were completely removed from that one kingdom and its systems. And now you are completely recreated in a new kingdom and a new system. Well, that new kingdom has different ways. It has different things. Remember the, the word says this, that you are in this world, but you are not of it. You know, you are, you are strong. 
strangers in this world. In other words, this is not your system. This is not your home. Uh, this, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Actually, we do wrong when we go back and entangle ourselves in the things of the world, including God's money systems, including how we think towards finances, how we think towards business. Now what I'm going to do, I'm setting this up simply to get you to some truths. I want to give you something that I believe the Lord has given me what's about to happen in the earth so that you will be set up to have big business and good finances. All right, now let's go to Genesis 26. I want to show you something. We were talking about this yesterday at church. And we said, if you understand the word, isn't it funny that Noah started building this big boat to survive floods when it had never rained on the earth? He was operating in a different system. You know, over in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says, you are ambassadors, right? You're ambassadors. As believers, we are ambassadors. And if you think about it, an ambassador goes to another place, another country, and that ambassador literally doesn't live by the rules of that country. That ambassador lives by the rules and laws of his home country, right? So when God says you're in the world but not of it, there you think differently. You act differently. You have a different set of rules and a different set of laws. And in the age that we're in now, those are, are motiva motivated by faith, hope, and love. In other words, faith, hope, and love are the basis for the rule of law for the kingdom of God. And if it's outside of faith in God as our source and faith in Him and His good character and nature and His loving nature, if it's outside of hope, outside of joy, confidence, and expectation, if, if it's outside of faith, if it's outside of hope, joy, confidence, expectation, if it's outside of love, it's not God's system. It's not God's system. And what is love? And it is a commitment, a choice and a commitment to the lead, to give, um, gracious, a choice and commitment uh, to give unconditionally at the leading of God. Okay? So love is a choice and a commitment to give unconditionally or give un unconditionally give at the leading of God. And so many times people think that love is just feelings that we have. But by Bible definition, that is not what love is. It is a choice and a commitment for unconditional giving at the leading of God. Hope, put this in the comments, or Barrett can do that as well, and make sure these go to everywhere. Hope is joy, confidence, and expectation. Hope is joy, confidence, and expectation. And faith is belief and trust in God. Belief and trust. Trust is a little bit different, but I'll use that term in a generic sense. Um, belief, faith is belief and trust in God in His promises, His character, and nature. Basically, you believe in His love. Right? In his promises and his character and nature. So these are the foundational elements of God's system. And so, for example, can you, can you be in God's kingdom? I want to ask you right now. Put it in the comments. Can you be in God's system and not be in love? Can you be in God's system and not be in love? 
And we know love all, never fails. It always wins. But we also know that love uh, has forgiveness, right? So can you operate in big business in God's money system and not forgive? No, because that would mean that you were outside of forgiveness, which means you're outside of love. So a lot of people are trying to do you know, big business, but they won't get out of forgiveness or unforgiveness. And so they actually think, they think that God's going to bless them while they're not living in love. And they're not realizing they have already displaced themselves into a different kingdom system. And so because they're in a different kingdom system, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So everything that they're doing breaks down until they fix that part. It's like a gear in a car. If you have a gear that loses its teeth, then you're not going to transfer power. So the power is not transferred if love is not in effect, if faith is not in effect, if hope is not in effect. So you need to understand that I, that we operate and you operate by the love of God and by the kingdom of God and by the system of God, by faith, hope, and love. And if you don't know that, then you'll try to keep doing business the way that you used to do business, right? You'll try to keep doing business the way that you used to do business, and it's not going to work, and you will be so frustrated. You'll have one foot in both, in both worlds, and it's like the worst place ever. Right now, watch this. But what was the definition of love that we just put on the screen? A choice and commitment to unconditional what? Unconditional what? Love, the root of love, is giving. So, can you operate in God's system in love without being a giver? No. You can't. And so many people there. And so what happens is people are, have not been operating truly in God's system. And then they revert back to the world system and entangle themselves there. They lie, cheat, steal, do everything. I mean, I can't tell you how many Christians think it's okay uh, to cheat on their taxes. You know, I can't tell you how many Christians think it's okay to be working at the company and, and steal in time. You know, well, you know, right now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not working on this. I'm playing this game. <laughs> Excuse me. That, pardon me. So they think that it's okay that they're, that it's fine if you have a break, a scheduled break from your company to do whatever you want to do. But you have people that are being paid and on the clock, and they'll be playing a game on their computer, and they think it's fine. Well, everybody does it. Well, everybody's not in the kingdom of God. Everybody's not trying to build big business and big finances in, in the world. Everybody's not in that place. You know? But if you are. You are. And if you are, then you need to operate in love. You need to operate in faith. You need to operate in hope, a joyful, confident expectation. You need to operate in these things because if not, the system is going to break down and what you're saying. If you're not utilizing God's system whether by ignorance or whatever, what you're saying is, God, I don't need your system. I need this other system. So if we don't apply forgiveness, if we don't apply uh, love and giving and all of these things, we're saying, Lord, I don't need your system. I'm going back to this one. Whether by ignorance or, or on purpose, we're saying the same thing. The results are the same, same thing. We must live by God's system. We must live by the Lord's system and not by the world system. Now, 
You know, just like right now, you know, we, we got somebody on the platform Twitch. They just put up a comment saying, want to become famous, buy followers, prime viewers, and they're on here utilizing somebody else's broadcast to try and grab people, and people think that they'll get big business by buying the followers. Those followers don't do anything for you. It shows some numbers, but then they, it all falls apart, and what they have is fake. I don't need followers from a world system. I need true, genuine followers that the favor of the Lord gives me. That no matter, because here's the thing, followers in the, in the world system, that, that will fall apart. But God's system never fails. Why? Because his system is love, and love never fails, right? It, you, don't, you don't fall into those traps. You, we operate on a different system in the world, but not of it. Ambassadors of a different kingdom following those laws, those rules, and those rules and laws are blessed Blessed. You are in a blessed kingdom. If you know Jesus, you're in a blessed kingdom. And if you don't know him, then you can know him and be blessed. Be blessed in Jesus' name. He wants you to have big business blessings. Big business blessings. Write that in the comments right now. God wants me to have big business blessings. And you better put it in all caps too. Big business blessings in Jesus' name. He wants you to have big business blessings. But we have to do it his way. Because remember, in Galatians 6, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that we also reap. So in other words, if I keep sowing to the world system, then I'm not going to have God's big blessings. Because those are only located in God's system. So if I keep operating by the world system, then that's where I'm sowing. That's what I'm going to reap. It's always going to be limited. But if I sow into God's system, I'm always going to be blessed because that's where I'm sowing and that's where the harvest comes in. And so this applies to your business. This applies to your personal finances. This applies to your church. Uh, this applies to everything. When we operate by God's system, that's what's going to work. When we operate by the world system, that's what's going to work. Or in the end, not really work, right? In other words, because it never, it's always limited because the root of it is corrupt. But the root of God's system is him, and it's his love. It always works. And that's why he says, you can sow, and you'll have treasure stored up where moth and rust doesn't corrupt, right? Where it doesn't corrode. In other words, you build up treasures in the world system, and rain and moth, uh, moth and rust will break it down. You know, one of the worst things you can do for a home or for a car is not live in it and not use it. You just leave it sitting, all the stuff is going to start to rot and rust and be corrupted and corrode away. But it, you have to utilize it, right? Well, that's because this world system has a corruption in it. It doesn't have the blessing of God from the, the garden where man fall and the curse came into the world. It's been corrupt for that whole time. But God told us this, when you sow, amen, that's a great point, Kevin. He says, I own stock in heaven. Amen. I like that a lot. I own stock in heaven. That's exactly right. When you sow, you literally store up. It's, and the Bible teaches this. You have a heavenly account. 
And then that heavenly account, there's no hedge fund managers that are stealing your money. In that heavenly account, there's no moth. There's no rust. There's no evil that's going to break it down. All I've got to do is when I've sown uh, finances and sown resources, all I've got to do is say, Lord, I'm drawing on my heavenly account. Lord, I'm asking you for a heavenly return. I'm asking you for a heavenly harvest right now. And that's how it comes into play. You know, I told the story last week of where I was at a meeting. I physically and mentally, I didn't want to give, but I knew God told me to. So I sowed. I had a heavenly account. Years later, I needed a harvest, and I needed a harvest right then. And, and God uh, made it very plain to me. He said, when you sowed that, it laid up this harvest for you multiply, multiple times of what you sowed, and it was waiting on you right when you needed it because I had it in my heavenly account. Well, praise God, because I didn't have much in my physical account. I needed a heavenly account that day, but I had to operate by God's system. So in order to have big business, you have to, you have, to have God's system. I can tell right now uh, there's a major point I want to get to. I'm not going to be able to get to uh, today, probably tomorrow, maybe. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll be led, but it's coming up real soon. But here's what I want you to see. In this world system, right, in this world system, two things I want to give you. The story that I heard this morning, and then I want to show you God's system in, in action and in effect. Uh, maybe a couple of them. So one of the things that happened was this. In the world system, just heard the story this morning, where they were talking about manufacturers. And the, the sales, the salesmen, I, I'm not even going to name the industry, but uh, the salesmen actually were selling and making money off of the sales, but there was a change going on where they would have to buy all of their parts ahead of time in order to have their inventory. And it was a high-cost inventory. And they realized we're never going to be able to afford this. So the salesmen got together with manufacturing, and they decided, they made a decision we're going to have, we're going to partner with you, and this is an evil plan. This is an evil plan. We're going to partner with you in our sales. In order for us to keep the doors open, we're going to partner with you to manufacture pieces that when they break, only we can fix. That only we can fix. And so manufacturers, we want you to build this product in such a way that we have the solution so that we will have everybody not going to the mom and pops uh, shops where they could get it fixed, but they'll have to have a special thing. And we are the only ones with the solution. And what that'll do is it'll cause our maintenance, uh, what we charge, That'll cause us to have more customers, and we can charge more for it. And so they partnered together in the world system, in an evil system, and now to this day, everybody has to pay more for the products and the maintenance simply because these guys decided how to get more money. So here's what happens. Not only do the salesmen make more money because they're charging to fix things, but the manufacturers are making more money because they're making parts that break 
and are hard to fix. And so when they're hard to fix, they, they have more custom parts now. And so they, in what used to cost a few dollars now costs hundreds of dollars. So both of them, through this evil partnership, instead of making things good for the customer, they actually made it good for themselves and they drove the prices up for themselves to line their own pockets because to them, the love of money is king. That's the world system. It's the world system. That's happened in multiple areas in multiple ways over time. Why? Now, and that's why, praise God, we have a king who has deep pockets. We have, a, we have a father, a loving father that will make us through. See, the thing is, when you're in God's system, you don't care what inflation does because you still have a promise. And that promise is not null and void. That promise of God, the word of God, will return. It will bring about what it was sent to do. It will bring that about. So see, that's the beauty of God's system. The world system, what is the world going to do if you have hyperinflation? You know, because what are, what's the world going to do if you have hyperinflation? That grin and bear it. You know, that's their only answer. Well, I hope I get lucky enough. Well, in the kingdom of God, you don't have to hope you get lucky enough. You're already blessed in favor. You already have a promise from God Almighty. You already have a promise. All you have to do is move in faith, hope, and love, and you will sow faith, hope, and love into the right kingdom, and that kingdom will give you an output. You will have a return on your investment of faith, hope, and love. God's already set it up. God's so smart. He's already laid all of this out in there, and your business can go up. Another thing to think about is uh, thinking big. This is another thing, you know, just for business, just giving you some stuff. Another thing to think about is having what we're saying this year specifically, insane ideas from God. You know, uh, like George Washington Carver, and you know, a hero of the things of God and inventions. Why? Because he sought the Lord and the Lord would give him uh, the item to go after. He'd say, here's what you're going after. He'd go in the lab, pointed and directed at it, and he'd make a new discovery and a new invention. He heard it from the Lord through his fellowship with the Lord. One of the statements that I've heard him make, Bill Winston said this, George Washington Carver never went into his lab without a direction. In other words, what does that tell us? That meant he spent time with the Lord in the presence of God, and he would hear the insane idea from God. He'd go in there and work on the peanut and come up with another invention, right? That, that's how the Lord works. He was operating in God's kingdom and God's system, not the world system. So let's look at this. Look at God's system at work right here in Genesis 26. Genesis 26, verse 1. Now, there was a famine in the land. You can stop right there. Now, there was a famine in the land. Now, let's go on down, and I believe it starts in verse 12. Yeah, now there was a famine in the land. Now, Isaac, verse 12, Genesis 26, 12. Now, Isaac sowed in that land. Now, who in the world, who in the world sows seed when there's a famine. Seed is precious. Seed is precious. You, you don't just come by tons and tons of seed. And what's in that seed? Do you realize in one acorn, 
and one acorn, however you say it, uh, in one, there's a whole forest of oak trees. Do you see that? One acorn will all of a sudden be planted, turn into one oak tree that'll drop thousands of acorns every year, every year, and those can be planted and turn into a forest. It'll do it on its own if you just left it alone. Let that oak tree keep dropping acorns. All of a sudden, you're going to have a, a forest of oak trees, and it all started with one. How much is in a seed? Uh, you know, seed can be perpetual if it's planted. Put that in the comments. Seed can be perpetual if it's planted. But if seed is planted in a famine, what generally happens in the world system? In the world system, if seed is planted in a famine, it's lost. In the world system, if seed is planted in a famine, it's lost. So what was Isaac doing? See, Isaac wasn't believing in the seed only. He wasn't believing in the famine. He wasn't believing in the ground. What was he planning on? He was planning on the promise. He was planting seed in the promise. He had a promise from God that he would be favored. Write that in the comments. Isaac planted seed in the promise. Glory to God. What a great statement. Isaac planted seed in the promise. Hallelujah. Isaac planted seed in the promise. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah, Kevin said this. You can, you can count how many seeds are in the apple, but you can't count how many apples are in the seed. That's exactly right. See, Isaac planted seed in the promise, not in the ground only. It's good that you have good ground, and that's a principle. You need to have good spiritual ground where you plant your offerings, where you plant those seeds, and where you plant your tithes. You want it to be good spiritual ground. You know, just, just another uh, few weeks ago, uh, I actually uh, Kelly Berardi and her husband, they actually sowed into Boomerang, and uh, they took a seed that God told them what to plant. She said, where do you want me to plant this? The Lord said, I want you to plant it in Boomerang. And uh, I've never met them. They've been watching online and uh, been blessed by the word. And they planted the seed in, in, the, uh, in the Jubilee offering because they were believing to get out of debt. That was on like Thursday or Friday. The next week, God had given them an idea, and I talked to her the other day to get the full testimony. It turned into, basically, their seed, which turned into an $18,000 erasing of debt that they already knew was happening by the next week. Like, it was still coming in when I talked to her a week or two later. It was still coming in. $18,000 off of one seed. One obedient seed. They were planting in the promise, the ground of the promise. Lord, I, I'm planting this where you've told me to plant it, and I'm believing in your promise, which is based on your love. In the name of Jesus, the next week an idea, $18,000 worth of debt gone like that. Glory to God. That's the kingdom of God. That's God's system, right? That's where we're supposed to live. So what kind of person plants in a famine? They're not, they're, listen, the kind of person that does that is either stupid because they're planning into a corrupt world system or they're very smart because they're planting it in the promise. He wasn't just planting it in the ground. He was planting it on the promise that God had blessed him.
you know, God had favored him. And he would have favor whether a famine was there or not. Now, I'm sure, and this is a key, you got to hear from the Lord. But here's the kingdom of God. You know, what to plant, where to plant, when to plant. You need to hear from the Lord. Don't just be throwing seed out anywhere. That's not, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. You hear from the Lord. You purpose in your heart to be a sower, to be a giver, and then you seek the Lord on where and how and when. And he'll give you the amount, he'll give you that, and and you will see the power of God go to work because you're planning in the kingdom, in God's system. You're storing it in an account where moth and rust can't destroy, can't corrode it. So here he is, verse 12, he sowed in the land, and he reaped that same year a hundredfold. (laughs) A hundredfold. He reaped in the famine a hundredfold. <laughs> he got a hundred percent return on that harvest in a famine. It you know it, it was awesome. We said yesterday I was talking about not not this exactly, but yesterday I was saying what church in 2020 has their best year? This one. This one, we had the best year last year. In the middle of a crazy year, we had our best year ever. I mean, the power of God was more prevalent. We saw more healing and miracles. We had believers, made disciples, won souls. Financially was our best year. Numbers-wise was our best year. I mean, it was amazing. You know, our broadcast started. The Lunch Plus is daily now, every weekday. That started, kicked off. Uh, we ended the year with the promise, with more and better equipment than we've ever had in a famine. It was a famine year, but we had the best. Why? Because because we're the best? No, because God's the best. Because God's the best, and He made us a part of Him. That's just it. We're in a different system. And watch what happened to Isaac here. I love this. He said, and the man, and the Lord blessed him. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. Richer until he became very wealthy. And look, oh, well, he was so spiritually rich in God. That, that religious spirit you know, that's fooled so many people. Well, he wasn't actually physically wealthy. Okay, well, let's keep reading the Bible. All right. The Bible says, for he had a possession of flocks and herds and a great household, so much so that the Philistines, the heathen, the ones that didn't know God envied him. They envied him. What do you have? What do you have? The Philistines who didn't give a a rip about God looked at Isaac and went, I wish we had what he had. Why? Because he operated in God's system. God wants to blow your business through the roof, blow your finances through the roof. I keep preaching this, and I'm wanting people to get it. God wants some millionaires. God wants some billionaires. Will you be one? Will you be one? Now, that doesn't mean that you'll go out there and build the house yourself. No, God will build the house as you go about it in his system. Where's the people believe in God? To be wealthy like Isaac, so much so that the world envies that position, envies that. Amen. Glory to God. And then watch this. Now, understand that with this blessing (laughs) comes some persecution, and it happened for Isaac too. 
He says, the Philistines envied him, but he says, now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Uh, in other words, it's like they wanted to kick some dirt into his blessing, right? <laughs> like, like that was going to stop the blessing. That's not going to stop the blessing. If Isaac keeps operating in God's system, that's not going to stop it. That's not going to stop it. That persecution's not going to stop it. The wrongdoing and the evil and the corruption of somebody that doesn't like you because you know Jesus and you love Jesus, that's not going to stop the blessing. It's not going to stop it. Put it in the comments. That persecution and famine is not going to stop my blessing. Persecution and famine is not going to stop my blessing. And it didn't his either. Matter of fact, it kept on going. And then Abimelech, the, the leader, said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. <laughs> Go away from us. You're too powerful. You just, you just got too much, Isaac. You're just too blessed. Go away from us. You're too blessed. That would be like your city calling you and saying, listen, you know, you just need to move to another location. You're too blessed. You're just too powerful. We're scared of you. We don't know what to think. Glory to God. And, and, and so this is what it's supposed to be. You're too blessed. You know? And I'm not talking about just a church. I'm, not, I'm talking about an individual was too blessed. An individual was too blessed. This is where we're supposed to walk, but we don't walk in it by walking in the world system. We've got to do it by God's system. We've got to do it by God's system. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you spiritually. He wants to bless you. And that's, that is the first. He wants to bless you spiritually. A lot of people don't have big business and they don't have big finances because they've not sown into the spiritual man. They've not studied to show themselves approved. They've not examined the scriptures daily. They've not gone after God's righteousness. And so many people have not moved. Why? Because 3 John 1, 2, beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, not your own kingdom, but God's kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. But understand that when all those things are added to you, there's going to be people that don't like it. But there's also going to be people that will look at your life and say, I need what they have. And then they're going to come to you, and it teaches us in the New Testament. It, it teaches us, they're going to come to you and say, why do you have the things that you have? Why do you have the hope, the joy, the confidence, the expectation? Why do you have these things? Why do you have these things? And it says that you should be ready to give an account for the hope, for the joy, the confidence, and expectation that's in you. You should be ready to give an account for that. You should be ready for it. And so that's where we need to live. We need to live in the blessing. We need to live in that big business. We need to live in that place, you know, where God has blessed us so much that people say, how do you have these things? How do you have it's See, this is God, part of God's plan of evangelism is for you to be so blessed you stick out. So blessed you stick out. I think it's in um, uh, Genesis uh, later on, I'm thinking it's around chapter 40 or something, where you're so blessed and God says, I want you to be distinguished. I want you to be distinguished. Glory to God. God wants you to be blessed and distinguished, rising above 
the average. Rise and above mediocrity. He wants you to rise above. That's God's plan for you, and it's found in God's system. God wants you blessed. We're going to talk about this some more tomorrow, uh, some more about the blessing of God. And uh, I believe tomorrow is, is we'll talk some more about it. And I'll give you some things uh, that God actually wants us to walk in and what's coming up. What's coming up in the world? And uh, the world cycles. You'll see cycles. You know, even bad doctrines, bad doctrines cycle. They'll come along, and then they'll be forgotten about, and then they'll come up like their new revelation again. Good, you know, it's the, the blessing of God and the curses of the world. Many times uh, they'll, they feel like they'll cycle. People get revelations of certain things. But they should, we should be walking in all the blessings all the time. Uh, but because we've been walking so much in the world system, we've gotten our blessings on the cycle too. We should just be walking and in all the blessing all the time. But the things of the world absolutely cycle around. And what you're going to see is there's something happening right now in the world. I'm going to talk about it uh, maybe tomorrow. and should. But we'll talk about having bigger business and bigger finances. But we'll talk about these things to know so that you'll be in the right place at the right time position, especially if you have a business, but not just if you have a business. Uh, it just your, in your personal finances, we'll talk about that. So, you know, we see sow this broadcast every, every day into you. And it's what I said earlier, a part of God's system and a part of his kingdom is not just to take, take, take all the time. A part of God's system is to say, you know what? This, they've been feeding me. They've been feeding me the word and that word is filling me. My life is changing and because of that, I need to be sowing. And I know that you know people sow, it's not always what we see in the comments. Uh, but I know that people will mail things in. They'll give it in ways, other ways that we don't see. But what I want you to know is this. We should not be sitting there taking, taking, taking all the time. The way of God is now concerning giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Thank you for that uh, uh, sewing, Julie. And I saw Kevin earlier. Thank you for that sewing. God's kingdom and his system consist of two things, not just one. It's not just giving all the time. And it's not just receiving all the time. It's giving and receiving as a package. It's on, they're both ongoing all the time, all, all the time. But the way of, that God has it, I love this. As we, watch what happens. He pours out his love on us, and then we receive that love, and we return that love to him. And then he receives that love, and then he returns it to us. And what happens is that as that that blessing and that giving and receiving, like it, it may start out little, but the, the more we do it, the more it multiplies and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so what happens is, it, what does the word say? He will, if we will purpose in our heart to be a sower, right, which is love. It's a part of love. If we will purpose in our heart to be a sower, a giver, and, but not just giving and it doesn't come back, we sow and we reap a harvest. And if we will purpose in our heart to be a sower in 2 Corinthians 9, he says, I will give you seed. In other words, this is seed you didn't have and you wouldn't have had, except you, ch you challenged your heart. Lord, I want to be a sower. And when you, when you purpose in your heart to be a sower, God says, I'll put seed in your hand. 
I'll give you something you didn't have. I'll give you seed you didn't have. And all of a sudden, now watch this. He gives us love by giving us the seed. Now we receive that love and we plant it, sowing it back into the kingdom first, not just our stuff, but it goes back into the kingdom. It's planted and we're giving to the Lord. And now the Lord pours back love to us in a harvest. And now we have more of a harvest. And that harvest is for us to eat. But we ought to take every harvest and say, Lord, how much of this should I give as an offering? We have the tithe that comes out of a harvest. But we also should say, how much do you want me to give out of this as well? And so we tithe and then we give that and sow it back. So all of a sudden you just see this, this what starts little, this giving and receiving of love from God and it just starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and that's how people become millionaires and billionaires in the world operating in God's system. Amen. So today, anybody who's giving, you're welcome to give on Facebook. You can type in the comments, hashtag donate followed by the amount, or uh, you can go to giveww.org and there you can give one time or you can set up a recurring gift that actually continues to give uh, every time you set it, however it is you set it up or want, want it to be. And so right now, amen, I see that, Kevin. He says, my harvest is in route. Yes, it is. Amen. It's working right now. Actually, Kevin, there's things you don't even know about. I know about I know about some things that your harvest is on the way, things you don't even know about yet. Glory to God. And uh, so listen, God wants you blessed. If you're given today or if you're watching this later and you're sowing into the ministry to get this word out there, Father, we just pray for every seed. Not only that, Lord. Lord, we pray for everybody watching this and, and first of all, everybody watching this and listening to this. Lord, show them your system and its operation so that they can operate in big, blessed business in Jesus' name. Whether they have a company or their own personal family finances, Lord, let them be blessed, blessed, blessed in the name of Jesus. Let them see it. Let them grab a hold of it. Let them enter into your system and never turn back in the name of Jesus. Seal them in your system. Show them the way and show them what isn't you and show them what is you and give them the strength to step into it and operate blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, let them be a testimony. Let them be distinguished. Let them be so favored, Lord, that they're envied by the world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And Lord, every seed that's sown, Father, every seed that's sown, Father, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto their bosom, just like your word says. They will be receivers because of the seeds that they've sown. And on the level that they've sown, your word shows it, the level that they sow is the level that they will have a harvest on. Father, on the cheerfulness that they sow with will be the cheerfulness that they'll receive with. With the abundance that they sow with will be the abundance that they have a harvest on. Lord, let it be supernaturally multiplied and quick in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your kingdom advancing, not only in the broadcast, but your kingdom's advancing in each person that's listening. We praise you, Father, and we worship you. And we receive your things, and we receive your ways. We're not going to operate in our own ways. We're going to walk by your ways. We praise you, and we love you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Tomorrow's going to be awesome. Looking forward to seeing you then. We love you so very much. Thank you for watching Lunch Plus. If you haven't done it yet, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification button. That really does help. People don't realize how much each one of those things helps every single day. Your comments actually help. The more you comment, the more it shows activity, and the companies will say, oh, this is popular. You know, Literally, these little things make a big difference, and it's a part of your sow, sowing a part of your seed. So help us by doing that. We love you so very much. Here's Barrett to wrap it up, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Next week, kickstart. Here she is. It, I feel like I just got handed a balloon that's already inflated. <laughs> like I was going to do the kickstart announcement. But guys, we're less than a week away. Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. and his wife, Carolyn, their entire family, they will be here on Sunday. That's right. We're only six days away from kickstart 2021. And it's going to be powerful. They're going to put on the screen the graphic for kickstart. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull up your phone and scan the QR code that's right there and that'll take you to the Kickstart website that has a whole bunch of information. Look, we know of people traveling in from New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Virginia, New York. We have people coming up from Florida. We have people coming from all over the country for Kickstart 21 and you want to make sure that you reach out this week. Get your hotel room if you haven't done it yet. This is the time. Make plans to be here if you haven't done it yet. It's going to be awesome. God wouldn't be assembling in people from all over the country if he didn't have great big plans for these meetings. You want to be a part of what's happening. It'll be February 7th, this Saturday or Sunday through the 12th. And then we're going to have a special baptism service on February 14th. It's going to be great. Evangelist Ted will be here through that whole time. We are so looking forward to it, and we want you to be a part of it as well. If you have any questions, you can send us a message on our Facebook page, or you can go to whatsright.com and send us a message on there too, and we'll get back to you just as soon as we're able to. But we love you. We're so excited to be back again this week with you, and we will be back tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. for another brand new episode of Lunch Plus. We'll see you there.